0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the Ninety Min Football Network. I hope you're all well. Hope you're all enjoying your weekend so far. We are here for another show, and on this show, we're going to be talking Telemans, Lissandro Martinez. We're going to be talking Genduzi just a little bit. We're going to be talking about Rafinha and the way he has basically played. Arsenal and Chelsea to get his desired move to Barcelona, it seems. We're going to be talking about Brooke Norton Cuffey, who became an under-19 European champion last night. We'll be touching on some other bits and pieces, and we'll be getting your thoughts and questions, as always, from the live chat. Right. Um I want to start off by saying how the mood has changed within the Arsenal fan base over the last week or so, right? Maybe even two weeks. We we heard that Arsenal were in for Tiedemans. We heard that that deal was likely to get done by the end of June. We heard that Arsenal were closing in on Gabriel Jesus, which at the time of recording still hasn't been announced yet. Hopefully, it's going to be today because I really feel like that would go some way in lifting the mood among the fan base. We all know it's done, but There's something about seeing that official announcement. There's something about reading the interviews. There's something about reading all the comments and watching the content created around the player that really does excite you and kind of get you into that mood again. And I think we need that. Some have argued that the fact that Arsenal have dragged this out for so long has kind of diluted it a little bit. And to a degree, I kind of get where they're coming from. Um, But I still think that when that happens... When we do get that announcement whenever that is it'll probably be five minutes after i finish this show knowing my luck we'll be uh, feeling a lot better about things i think that was the primary position we needed to address center forward for me anyway going into the summer and uh, and i'm delighted to see that at least we've done that even if we haven't managed to get some of the other things over the line that we believe the club are trying to do um, also before i forget a uh, quick reminder that if you want to get involved in our giveaway, which we are running at the moment. We're going to be running it for another couple of weeks before we pick out the winner. So we're going to give as we're going to give you guys as much time as possible to get in there and get involved. And what you need to do in order to get involved is either visit at chronicles underscore AFC on Twitter, follow the instructions in the pinned tweet. Uh, to enter yourself into the competition, or you can email me. The email address is chroniclesafc at gmail.com, because I know there's some of you that don't have uh, Twitter. I know loads of you are already subscribed to the channel and all of that, uh, but just do me what it says in that tweet, just so it makes it easier for me to collect all the names, pop them all into the draw, and then we can draw out three lucky winners in the next couple of weeks. Remember, giving away three brand new Arsenal home shirts. The winners will be contacted. I'll get your sizes. I'll get your addresses and we'll get them sent out to you ASAP. Uh, Robert segal says, uh, Harry's giveaway. Can it be Pepe? I don't even think we can give him away at the moment. That's the problem. That really is the problem. Well, you know what? Let me make a little note. We'll, we'll touch on the Pepe situation a little bit later on in the show, because I do have some thoughts on that that were kind of uh, going through my mind last night when I was... Uh, Laying in bed, not able to sleep. So, uh, yeah, we'll get onto that a little bit later on. But let's start off with the latest on Yuri Tielemans. And the latest comes from Ben Jacobs over at CBS Sports. He's been really, really active uh, in uh, breaking stories during this transfer window. And I wanted to share with you guys uh, the latest on Yuri Tielemans, according to Ben Jacobs. So, this is what he had to say. He says there's still no formal offer been made from Arsenal, but Tielemans wants to join Arsenal and Edu has remained in touch with his agent. Arsenal have agreed terms with the player and have worked on the deal for a year, but have never placed an official bid. He goes on to say that Fabio Vieira's arrival does not rule out Tielemans. Arsenal are still deciding whether to bid. Eric Ten Hag is also interested. Tielemann was actually a Ralph Ragnick target, but he didn't want to join Manchester United under him. Not surprised. He also says, if Arsenal reach an agreement with Leicester, I'm told that Tielemans will sign. But for now, Arsenal haven't decided on him. The genuine interest from Manchester United may force Edu to make a decision quicker than expected, especially if Ten Hag's pitch proves appealing. Tottenham and Real Madrid... To date, aren't serious suitors. There's nothing advanced there. Right now, Leicester are planning for Tielemans to stay and not totally ruling out a new deal, which could come if offers don't materialise. So this one is still open. Arsenal haven't walked away uh, completely from Yuri Tielemans as it stands, which is encouraging for me personally, because he's a player that I really like and a player that I think would add a lot to the group and add a lot to the squad. There's got to be, surely there's got to be a reason why Arsenal haven't made that bid yet. Because for me, this is a no-brainer. The opportunity to pick somebody up for £25 million or whatever that, you know, talked about fee is, even if it's £30 million, even if it's £35 million, of Yuri Tielemans' quality um, would be, I think, an opportunity too good to miss. I think it's it's such a good opportunity. And the fact that he wants to come to Arsenal, according to all accounts, should only encourage us more to go in and get this deal done. We, we've been played around by players quite a bit who seemingly are wanting to keep their options open at this stage. And this comes back to the point I keep making when people are melting down and losing their minds. It is still early in the window and players know that, agents know that, clubs know that. And so there isn't going to always be as much movement at this stage as you like. But... In Yuri Tielemans' case, as I say, I think he definitely adds to the squad. I think he's someone that we should go back in for. And I don't really understand what it is we're waiting for. Now, I also get that we're not privy to all the details, right? We don't know what's going on. There could be a potential issue that we as fans, as journalists, as commentators, as podcasters, as YouTubers, whatever you want to call us, don't have a clue about. And, And on that premise, I am reluctant to go too hard on the club here, but I mean, if you're Yuri Tielemans, right, you want to join Arsenal Football Club. You want to feel wanted, though, don't you? You want Arsenal to go on the charm offensive and convince you and persuade you that this is the project for you, particularly given that Manchester United are said to be interested in Yuri Tielemans. So imagine how Yuri Tielemans must be feeling right now. He must be sitting there thinking, well, I agreed terms with Arsenal. You know, we've we've done this. We've been over this. We've been talking for the best part of a year. So why aren't they following through on that interest and actually submitting a formal offer? It's not even that Arsenal have submitted an offer that Leicester feel is below what they're looking for and therefore that's been rebuffed and now there's this kind of standoff between Arsenal and Leicester City over the move. According to Ben Jacobs, Arsenal haven't even made that formal approach and I find this all a little bit strange. It doesn't quite make sense to me. Something doesn't add up on this one. Um, I don't know what it is. It does frustrate me, though, because if I don't know there's a problem, then maybe I shouldn't just assume there's one. And there has to be a degree of responsibility from the club, you know, as to why or or, or to explain, I guess. No, maybe not to explain publicly, but there has to be a reason why this is not getting done. And I'm growing increasingly frustrated with not a lack of indecision, because it's quite clear that we we have certain players that we've identified that we feel are the right ones and that we want to bring into the club. But it is frustrating me that we just seem to be always just below what clubs want. Like, I get it's a negotiation tactic, but there has to come a point where somebody gives you a kick up the backside and says, you're in danger of losing this player if you do not. If you do not get this done and go that extra mile. And that, for me is something that I'm I'm getting a little bit irritated by. I'm not losing my mind. It's it's early in the window as I keep saying. There's still all of July and all of August remaining. Ideally you'd like to get some of those players in ahead of the US tour at least so that they can go with the team become accustomed, embed into the group, etc cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think um you know I think we will do business. I I don't fear that Arsenal are going to end up starting the season with nothing in addition to what we've already got, of course. But I just feel like we're kind of part of the problem, if not all of it. So I said this on the short video we did yesterday, updating about Lissandro Martinez, who we're going to come on to talk about in a minute, because just before we went live, uh, Charles Watts dropped an update on this one. But I'm at this point where, you know, I'm looking at certain situations and I'm open-minded as to the fact that there can be other complications that are out of our control, out of our hands. But You know, for example, you look at Rafinha and the way he's almost taken the mick out of us and used us to get his move, essentially, or to give Barcelona a kick up the backside to actually enter the race and follow through on their interest. That is frustrating and disappointing, but I get it. You know, Rafinha always wanted to go to Barcelona. And if you think about the reports that first came out, about Rafinha and Arsenal's interest, they were always very clearly stating of the fact that he wants Barcelona and that Chelsea might even be a preference as well. But Chelsea have done all the right things. Chelsea have gone that extra mile. Chelsea have offered Leeds United exactly what they've communicated that they're looking for. And even still, they're not able at the moment to get this Rafinha deal over the line, which suggests that we probably would have had the same problem because ultimately the player was looking to engineer an official approach from Barcelona, which is now what he's got, right? So I don't really hold the club responsible for the Rafinha one. I, I probably did a couple of days ago. I felt a little bit raw, a little bit upset, a little bit frustrated by it. But the more I think about it, the more I process it, the more I've watched this one unfold, the more understanding I am of the situation and the fact that even if we'd gone and offered Leeds £65 million, which is basically all the club can do, we probably still wouldn't have landed it. Then... You look at, you know, Lissandro Martinez, and he obviously, understandably, wants to keep his options open at this moment in time, but so do Ajax, because Ajax want to spark a bidding war. We'll come on to talk about that one in a little bit more detail. So I understand in those two cases why the deal is complicated is the point I was trying to get to. I don't understand why, given the fact that nobody else seems to be anywhere near as interested in Yuri Tielemans as we are, or has got as far as we did. In terms of the discussions and negotiations, I don't understand why we can't just make this one happen. Um, Do Arsenal see Lissandro Martinez as someone who can come in as both a defender and a midfielder, in which case they don't want to commit to Yuri Tielemans until they know that that deal can't be done? Is that the case? That's the only thing I can think of because, as I said, the FIFA Tielemans feels very reasonable. He's definitely got a lot of quality. By all accounts, he wants to join the club. I don't really get what else there could be that is delaying this deal. But we're going to see. We're going to see for sure. Um, Let's just take a a couple of your comments. Um, Guns and Yellow Ribbons, big shout out to Fergus. Make sure you check out the Guns and Yellow Ribbons podcast. Give them a follow. Give them a subscribe. Uh, The guys do great work over there. Uh, Fergus says, how can we discuss terms with a player without getting permission from the club that own him? Is it tapping up? Yeah, I mean, I've said this a few times this summer, in an ideal world, you know, you, you go to the club, you make the offer, the offer gets accepted, you then proceed to speak with the player. That's how it used to be done. That's how it works on. I'm not saying you get it from here, Fergus, but that's how it works on video games. Normally, that's where people kind of get that sort of impression from. And, and, you know, in the past, that was the right way to do things. And if you did tap people up, you could land yourself in hot water. But nowadays, there's so much backhanded communication that you can go to the representatives of the player. And at the very least, if not open official talks, you can gauge whether that player is interested before you even uh, go to the club and make that offer. And I think here what's happened is that Edu has been in contact, as we keep hearing, with Tielemans. representatives has put a figure on the table, has spoken to him about the plans at the club and got an agreement verbally as such um, on that side of things. So it is just common practice now. It isn't nice. It isn't ideal. It's not the way that things should be done, but unfortunately it is the way of the football world at the moment. But yeah, what's going on with Tielemans? I don't know, but the, the, the encouraging thing from this, from Ben Jacobs is that Arsenal haven't closed the door to this. My big fear, my big worry is that we sit on this for too long. We dwell on this for too long. Either you want him or you don't, Arsenal. And if you do, stop sitting on it. Go get it done. Um, you know, that's that's my view. Now, overall, as far as the window goes, I'm not stressed about the bigger picture. I'm not stressed about the overall, um, you know, business that we're going to get done this summer. I still think that we've got plenty of time. There's plenty of players out there. And there's clearly money to be spent. I'm just a little bit worried about some of the specific targets and worried about the fact that we seem to be letting these things rumble on. It's not always in our hands, as I say, but what is within our hands needs to be done as efficiently and as well as possible. And I'm not really sure that we're doing that in all of these cases. So that's the latest on Yuri Tielemans. Let's move on then to uh, Alessandro Martinez. Now, I touched on uh, the fact when I was speaking just then that Charles Watts uh, of Goal has put out uh, a report on this and we'll just quickly run through that for those of you that haven't seen it just yet. Uh, The Argentinian international wants to move to the Premier League this summer and two English giants, Arsenal and Manchester United, are Looking to make that deal happen, Manchester United have made a formal offer to Ajax now for Lisandro Martinez. Goal confirmed that um, Eric Ten Hag obviously keen on bringing the player um, to Manchester to work alongside him. Arsenal obviously keen as well. But what are the details of Manchester United's Martinez bid? Well, according to Goal, the bid is in the region of Arsenal's latest offer for Martinez, which was around about forty million euros at thirty-five million pounds, plus a further five million million pound, uh, five million euros, I beg your pardon, 4.3 million in add-ons uh, in pounds, that is. So the offers are pretty similar. Manchester United haven't come in and gazumped Arsenal here. The offers, as I say, pretty similar. They're around about the same mark, give or take a little bit. Some people are reporting that Manchester United have bettered Arsenal's offer. Others are saying that they're in a similar region. Anyway, bottom line is that if they are close, in terms of the the monetary value then there's no reason why arsenal can't go that extra mile make it happen and get that deal done but the the big thing now is what is martinez's view on this summer transfer because of course it's expected that his relationship with eric ten Hag is gonna play some part in this just like gabriel jesus's relationship with Mikel arteta has contributed to him opting to join arsenal There is going to be something in this, and we've benefited from that in one sense, in one scenario. We may lose out to that in this one. Well, apparently Martinez is currently on holiday, where Goal have been told that he is following events closely. He's currently taking a relaxed view of the situation, but has made it known that he wants to move to England and will start pushing if nothing changes soon. Uh, His desire to move to the Premier League is expected to ultimately prove decisive, over the coming weeks. But what do those close to the situation believe his preference to be? Well, they say that the connection with Ten Hag might give United an advantage over Arsenal, but they insist that he is still very much open to a move to North London and that he's a big admirer of Mikel Arteta's ideas. Arsenal have been in talks with Martinez's representatives since the start of the year. So Arsenal weren't lying when they said that they have been talking to these players for a while and the uh, the identification process began a long time ago. Uh, but the Gunners have been in these talks for a while. The problem is now is that Manchester United have emerged as a contender. So are we going to be able to convince him uh, to come to us over them and to add to that um, you know, are we going to be able to uh, to overpay, not overpay, you know, outbid Manchester United or get an offer accepted, um, you know, ahead of Manchester United? Will it be the same offer? And then does it come down to uh, the player? We're going to have to uh, wait and see. Uh, big shout out to uh, Tom Canton over at the Guna Talk. If you're not subscribed to the Guna Talk, make sure you are. Uh, daily 8am content. I always say this, but Take my hat off to you, Tom, for the consistency and the work rate and the effort. And it's brilliant content as well. Uh, perfect to wake up to, perfect to have with your morning coffee, the quick and easy way of catching up uh, with what's going on in the Arsenal world without having to read 110 different websites. Uh, he says, Harry, Ajax are playing a blinder here. The information out in the public domain will be coming from their side as they continue to try and get their asking price of 50 million euros. He also says, drop a like on the video, people. Yes, please do. Um, yeah, and I think you're right, I think you're right. You know, we we touched on the point that they are looking to spark a bidding war. Um, Where this feels a little bit more comfortable than the Rafinha discussion is that it seems that Lissandro Martinez can be persuaded that Arsenal is the place for him. And he is open to that idea. Whereas as things developed with Rafinha, you looked at it and you thought more and more, this guy's just trying to engineer a move to Barcelona, which it looks like he is going to as I say, I don't really have a problem with Arsenal doing what they did with Rafinha at the time. I found it frustrating. And and as I say, the more I've processed it, the more I've watched those events unfold over the last few days, the more I think that we made the right decision. And it just goes to show that sometimes in your raw emotion, sometimes out of frustration, you can overreact to a situation when really there isn't an awful lot to be um, massively, pissed off about, basically. Um, but yeah, this one feels like it's doable. And this is why I really want to see Arsenal push hard uh, to get this done. You know, make the offer, that Ajax want, get it done. Um, you know, Manchester United haven't met that yet. If you make that offer and then Manchester United match it, and then it's a straight shootout between you and Manchester United, and he chooses to go over to Old Trafford because of the 10 hard connection or whatever else, then I will say, well, at least the club tried you know sometimes these things work sometimes they don't sometimes you pull off deals other times you won't and that's, uh, that's what i want to see from arsenal's end at least them doing the maximum to try and bring in players who they clearly have uh, been eyeing up for a while that report from Gold tells us that it's been since the start of the year that arsenal and Ajax, uh, i beg your pardon that arsenal and lisandro martinez have been in talks and in discussions Right. Uh, not going to talk about Rafinha. I was going to, but we kind of touched on it numerous occasions, numerous times during that um, that sort of opening couple of sections. Um, so let's talk about the window overall, just, just generally before we move on. Um, and I put down on my sort of notes, bullet points, whatever you want to call them. This was a window that looked so promising and it's slowly feeling like it could turn into a frustrating one. My overall message here and my overriding thought is still patience. Um, you know, I'm not at the point yet where, as I've said before, that I'm going to lose my mind. I think we've got a long time to go. Um, we didn't know that Lissandro Martinez was on Arsenal's radar since the beginning of the year. You know, we only heard about it, what, maybe two weeks ago at best, um, which goes to show that Arsenal do do things In the shadows. They do make moves in the background that we are not always aware of. And the journalists that cover the club are not always aware of. Nobody spoke about Fabio Vieira. And again, that gives you further encouragement that Arsenal are still working in the background. So the danger here is that you can get almost absorbed by certain names and certain transfer targets and become a little bit obsessed and start to convince yourself that they are the perfect fit and that nobody else is as good a fit for that particular player. And actually that just, that just leads to disappointment and frustration when in the event you can't get those deals done, you're sitting there looking back and going, oh my God, You know, I think it's really important that you don't get too attached to transfer targets. You can have your preferences. You can talk about players will, you know, who will come in and what they might add and why you prefer one to the other. And that's absolutely fair. But the minute you start becoming attached to them, the minute you start becoming invested in players that are yet to even put an Arsenal shirt over the top of their heads, that's when it gets dangerous. And that's where a lot of that frustration stems from. We all think we know what's best for the team. Um, we all think we know the ins and outs of every single deal. But the reality is that we don't even know half of what's going on. So patience, you know, it's not time to panic yet. I'll be a a full advocate of pressing that panic button if we get to the latter stages of the window without having secured any more major business. But at this point in time, patience is what we need. Uh, Mentioned at the top of the show, Gabriel Jesus, Still no bloody announcement at the time of recording. Will it happen today? Maybe. Hopefully. I thought it was going to happen yesterday, to be honest with you. Um, And it didn't. And it was a really, really frustrating day, kind of refreshing the Twitter feed. And then Arsenal were having us on. And and then they announced the Guendouzi departure, which we'll discuss just briefly in a moment. Um, Then they started posting things about pre-season training. And you're sitting there going, come on. They're toying with us now. They know exactly what they're doing. They want to drum up as much clamor as possible. But has it? Has the fact that we've dragged this out for so long kind of taken away from some of the excitement? A little bit, I would say. And I just I don't know. I've just felt over the last couple of days with a lot of kind of not negative news as such, because a lot of it isn't definitive. It is still very much speculation in a lot of cases. But I do feel that because of the way things have gone in the last few days where we seemingly Um, are no longer in pole position for a couple of players that we believe to be primary targets. The announcement of Jesus would have really lifted the mood again. And and so I don't really understand why Arsenal have delayed it as long as as this. How long does it take to make a video? I mean, you know, I know they're much better production value than than what I'm doing here. Um, But I think if, you know, if you were Arsenal Football Club and you were really pushing this, you could get it out quicker. You could get the content out quicker, I guess. Um, unless it's something out of Arsenal's control, unless it's something to do with Gabriel Jesus. I don't know. Um, again, I'm wary of criticising people when I don't know the full situation. But I will say this. Get it done, Arsenal. Get it done, for God's sake. <laughs> um, OK, let's quickly touch on Matteo Genduzzi. It was announced yesterday. Uh, on the club website and via the club's official channels that Matteo Ginduzi has joined Olympic Marseille on a permanent transfer. Guendouzi signs, George Sampaoli quits. Now, I'm not saying the two are connected, but never let the truth spoil a good story. No, I'm just kidding. Um, look, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because he's obviously committed his future to that club. There was, um, uh, there was a part of the agreement with Marseille, the loan agreement that you know, led to, uh, that had clauses in it that led to this point where that was always likely to be triggered. And uh, and that deal is now done. So here's uh, the Arsenal statement. Uh, let me just share it on the screen uh, for those of you that are watching. Uh, where are we? Here we go. There it is. Uh, midfielder Matteo Genduzi has joined Olympic Lyonnais, Olympic Lyonnais, Olympic Marseille, I beg your pardon, in a permanent transfer. As part of the agreement with Marseille, Mateo has made his move permanent after spending the 2021-22 campaign on loan with the Liga and Club, during which he became an integral part of their side, making 56 appearances in all competitions during the campaign. The 23-year-old previously spent the 2020-21 season alone in the German Bundesliga with Hertha Berlin, where he made 24 appearances. He started his career at the Paris Saint-Germain Academy before joining Lorient in 2014 and regularly represented his country at youth level from under 18 through to the under 21s. He joined us from Lorient in the summer of 2018, making 82 appearances across two seasons. Everyone at Arsenal thanks Matteo for his contribution during his time with us and wishes him all the best in the next chapter of his career. Had to happen was always going to happen um, based on uh, based on what's occurred with Matteo Genduzi. People have their opinions on it. I did a show not too long, specifically, uh, not too long ago, specifically on that subject. You can check it out if you want. I think it was titled, Did We Make a Mistake with Guendouzi? Check it out. Um, but my view hasn't changed. My only slight frustration in this is that I don't think we got anywhere near enough money for him. Um, Nine and a half million pounds or there or thereabouts is what the quoted fee is said to be. But I guess when you make that decision to almost cast someone aside, when you make that decision to banish them effectively, which is what Mikel Arteta basically done, then you automatically impact their value quite a bit, don't you? Because you're sending a message out to the world that this player is not part of my plans. I don't want this player. And so you then cannot demand a crazy fee or sometimes in this case, even the fee that the players probably worth 23 years old, French international midfielder. You're probably looking at about 20, 25 million pounds for Matteo Gendouzi under normal circumstances. But what's happened over the last couple of seasons and, and you know, when Mikel Arteta first arrived has contributed largely to this and unfortunately is what it is. Um, so, yeah. That's where we're at. Uh, just a uh, quick reminder, if you haven't hit the like button already, what on earth are you waiting for? We've only got 86 likes on the board, but there is 500 plus of you watching us across the multiple platforms at the moment. So please do leave a like on the video, subscribe to the channel if you are new. We really, really do appreciate it. Brooke Norton Cuffey is, uh, is my next talking point. The young man has... Um, the young man has uh, just been crowned a European champion at under-19 level, winning with England against Israel, uh, beating them 3-1 in the final. I think he came off the bench, uh, Brooke Norton Cuffey, but congratulations to him. Always good to see an Arsenal man uh, winning stuff. And and obviously, hopefully that'll give him some confidence to push on with his career. I think a lot of people at Arsenal have high hopes for the player. I'll be honest, I haven't seen an awful lot of him, so I'm not really in a position to uh, comment. But yeah. Um, wish him all the best and I look forward to seeing what he can do in the not too distant future in an Arsenal shirt. I also just wanted to touch on a, a quick uh, story about uh, Andrea Bellotti, the uh, Italian striker who has ended his relationship with Torino now and he's a free agent. I put a tweet out yesterday saying Bellotti is available on a free transfer not because I wanted Arsenal to sign him, just because I think that there'll be a lot of clubs out there that will look at Andrea Bellotti. I think he probably should have left Torino a few years ago. It feels like the the window has passed uh, during which he can make a really big move. But I'm really interested to see who's going to pick him up now. Um, I'm a massive Serie A fan, as you know, and so I do often tweet about Serie A-related stuff and, and sometimes that gets caught in the crosswires of Arsenal chat. And in this case, maybe it wasn't clear enough. I wasn't suggesting that we should sign him. I, I don't actually think he's he's the type of player that we need. I don't think he's the type of player that we want. I think he's a useful striker uh, in a lot of ways, but I think there's been a decline. At, I don't know if that decline with Bellotti is is partly because he lost interest at Torino. It, the team were, were struggling at various points as well. Will moving somewhere else, give him a kick up the backside again. I don't know. Um, but no, just to be clear, I was not suggesting that Arsenal should move for the Italian striker, not for me, okay, let's take a few of your questions for the last uh, sort of ten minutes or so of the show. So start spamming the chat box with your thoughts with your questions. I'll pick up as many of them as I possibly can. Remember, leave a like on the video, subscribe to the channel if you are new and uh. If you're listening via audio, please do leave us a review. I want to get at least 200 likes uh, by the time we wrap up. We've only got 105 on the board now. Uh, Let's try and double that in the next 10 minutes or so. should be easy. There's enough of you watching. Uh, Steve Stone says, Harry, do you feel that Arsenal should use the rumour mill more to their advantage, i.e. drop a few false bids in here or there to confuse the market? Well, it seems like everybody else is playing the market in a really, really clever way that, you know, a lot of clubs are keeping tabs on certain situations, are, are watching situations very closely and almost allowing others to do the hard work for them before going in and um, and trying to hijack the deals. That's a term that we've seen a lot, isn't it, over the last few days. It was Chelsea hijacking Arsenal for Rafinha. Then it was Manchester United uh, hijacking a deal from Uh, Leon that was going to see Tyrell Malassia go there. So we're seeing a lot of that. We're seeing clubs do that, back off, Keep an eye on the situation when the moment comes, stepping in and trying to get those deals done and and pretty quickly already having had an indication and an understanding of what the selling club are looking for. Equally, we're seeing selling clubs using rumours to their advantage as well, because in Ajax's case, for example, they are using interest from another club to try and drive up a price and they're trying to put arsenal and manchester united into a position where they have to butt heads they have to go head to head in the hope that they'll get the biggest transfer fee possible so there's so much to factor in maybe this is where the inexperience of edu in comparison to some of the other uh you know sort of equals in other clubs are at at the moment um Maybe there's a bit of an experience there. Maybe Mikel Arteta is a bit inexperienced in this as well. Maybe Arsenal as a whole are a little bit inexperienced in these kind of games. Um, and and that could be a problem. But I don't know that's a problem. That's me speculating. So let's, as I say, let's sit back. Let's see how it goes. But for sure, we need to be a little bit more streetwise in this type of thing. Um. Big hello to uh, Kutbuddin Ahmed. He says, never listen live, but shout out to Big Harry Simeon. Thank you, mate. He says, respect from a Sheffield gunner. Uh, big respect to you, mate, as well. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Lynn says, Harry, you know me. I'm very optimistic. However, I'm losing patience with what is happening. What I can't understand is if we haven't got the funds, why go after these players? These are, what I would say is we don't know that these are the only players that we're after. These are just the ones whose names are out in the public domain. So, um, that's kind of what's, that's kind of what's making me feel calm at this stage and, and not, not overreactionary, not angry, not uh, upset. Not, I don't want to get upset. Basically, I don't want to spend my summer being upset about something that could still work and still could be rectified. When it gets to that point, I'll worry about it, but I'm a very much a, I'll cross the bridge when I come to it type of person. Um, and that's, um. That's how you minimise stress, I would say. Uh, so, yeah, that's where I'm at on that. Uh, let's let's keep moving through the chat box. Jid says, how many signings do you think would be too much? We saw that last season we had a team that though was playing together for the first time, show promise. How many signings would disrupt that? Um, I don't know what I think is too much. I, I'd like us to bring in a midfielder. and I'd like us to bring in a defender in addition to Marquinhos, Jesus uh, and Fabio Vieira. So another couple of good signings, I'll be happy. You know, if we go and get, for example, Tielemans and Lissandro Martinez, I'll be happy with that because I think we've done some good business already, but we just need a little bit more. I don't think that would be too disruptive. Um, I think we need strength in depth. We were clearly lacking that particularly at back end of last season. And I think as long as they're the right people and the right characters and really do buy into the bigger picture, um, then I think we'll we'll be fine. Uh, uh, Jay Sayer says, we were told we didn't sign players in January because we didn't want to compromise our summer. If this is a s- structured Arsenal summer, then I am worried. Well, no, not necessarily, Jay, because you don't know what the structured summer is. You are guessing, like I'm guessing, like everybody else is guessing, that the only targets we have in our sights right now are Tielemans and Nisandro Martinez. But just look at Fabio Vieira as an example again of a player that literally came out of the blue. You know, Gabriel Jesus was clearly a target. We've done that. Fabio Vieira was clearly a target. We've done that too. We hear that some of these players are primary targets. We hear that Arsenal are in the conversations. It doesn't mean there isn't anybody else that the club are eyeing up. So I'm very reluctant to say that this is a bad summer when there's still two months of it in terms of the transfer window to go. That's where I'm at. Uh, I did say I was going to talk about this and I nearly forgot. So thank you, Wonder and Mistral for bringing this up. Do you think Pepe will stay now? I read something yesterday that Arsenal may well look to loan Nicolas Pepe out just to get some of his wages off of the bill. And people will moan and complain about that. 72 million pound player. Why are we loaning him out? The reality is it's just not, it's just not going to work. You know, it's just, it's just not going to happen for Nicolas Pepe at Arsenal, unfortunately. And, Whatever helps us facilitate additional moves is is OK with me. Again, I, I go back to what I always say on this. The situation arrived, uh, around Nicolas Pepe is partly Mikel Arteta's fault, because I do think that if I wanted to be really critical, I could argue that he, isn't, he hasn't been given the opportunities that he probably deserves. But ultimately, the decision to lay out that sort of money on the player and the decision to commit to that deal was not Mikel Arteta's. It was that of a previous regime. And um, and so I don't want to blame him too much for that. I don't even want to say that he has to play him because of the money we spent. There's, there's so many moving parts to this. But ultimately, I think we've just got to cut ties with Nicolas Pepe. And where I take encouragement is that Arsenal have actually done that quite a bit in the last couple of years. They've looked at situations and gone, it's going to cost us, but whatever, we have to move on from this. So I think that if that's what has to happen, Nicolas Pepe going out on loan to at least have some of his wages covered and and to make space in the squad then then so be it you know you might be able to negotiate an option to buy clause or an obligation to buy clause in amongst that loan deal which you know could be useful as well so let's see let's see okay guys i'm gonna leave it there um i've just seen what the time is i've got a date with the barber uh, as you can see the beard's out of control the hair's out of control and uh and i can't be uh, you know, I can't be walking around like this. It's not good enough. So uh, I will be off. I will be catching you guys uh, very, very soon with more. Uh, Remember, whenever something major drops, we will be dropping YouTube videos, short YouTube videos. So if you are an audio listener, you're obviously missing out on those because they are only on YouTube. So make sure you're subscribed on the YouTube channel as well. uh, And we'll be back very, very soon with more. Hopefully we'll have an announcement later on to talk about, but I wouldn't count on it. Catch you later. Goodbye.